This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, August 10th, wherever and however you're connected. Welcome to a loaded show. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who can always rest easy after a solid round of Papa Shot, Jerem Jordan. I love Papa Shot. It's fun. My forearm hurts after I uh, play for a while, but uh, here we are. Bobby Hordusky, director of operations for the men's basketball team, tweeted the following over the weekend. After a month of not being able to sleep because I couldn't even hold the Papa Shot record in my own house, I can now go to bed and sleep great tonight after knocking Alex Barcelo in a score of 151 off the top. Hashtag relentless. Number 156. So congratulations to Bobby. 156 makes what illegal means were used to accomplish this <laughs> task are unknown, but congratulations. Hey, just sit up there and tap that little thing really yeah, fast. Count it. Okay, count. Yep, there you go. Yeah. Call out of fouls, a.k.a. WCC officials. But 156, that's a massive score in Papa Shot. Is today March 12th? I'm going to start the show off with that question. For college football. Is today March 12th for college football? I hope not. But there's a lot going on, notably this morning, in college football news, which we will address. It is a loaded hour. I hope we don't have plenty of time for Papa Shot this fall because something in the form of football will be happening. A Monday show lineup to remember. To play or not to play, that is clearly the question. Will a college football season happen with now an apparent Power 5 conference divide? Is it the Big 10 and Pac-12 versus the ACC, Big 12, and SEC? This is crazy. Prominent college football players are speaking out on the we want to play movement. Are they legit Going to unionize? Plus a very special edition of Maddich Monday, ESPN College Football Insider Trevor Maddich on who he thinks should ultimately make the decision on whether to play or not. And BYU sophomore linebacker Peyton Wilgar on how he and the BYU football team are trying to stay even keel amidst so much uncertainty. With that in mind, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Power Five commissioners held an emergency meeting Sunday to discuss the fate of the season. The Detroit Press, Free Press, sources reports the Big Ten has canceled the 2020 football season and will announce it tomorrow after a 12-2 vote, Iowa and Nebraska being the no's. Mm. This morning, Dan Patrick said the Big Ten and Pac-12 will be canceling their seasons. ACC and Big 12 are on the fence. SEC seems like it wants to play. Chris Solari was the source on the Detroit Free Press. We will react to this news and what's trending. We know that Iowa and Kirk Ferentz, uh, the head coach, canceled practice today. Yes. So there's that. Jim Harbaugh put out a statement from Michigan supporting wanting to play, right? And we'll address uh, all of that coming. And a U.S. senator had his say. As Jerem said, much more to come. There will be no maction for BYU football. BYU loses their game at Northern Illinois, scheduled for October 24th, because the Mid-American Conference isn't going to play football at all in 2020, citing COVID player health and safety concerns. The MAC becomes the first FBS conference to cancel the 2020 season, but will attempt to play this spring. Not sure how that's going to work. Much more on which conferences are apparently following in just a moment. 
Over the weekend, many prominent college football players, including Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, expected to be the first pick in the next NFL draft, took to social media to promote hashtag WeWantToPlay, combined in a unified message with hashtag WeAreUnited, joining other notable college football players from the Pac-12 and Big Ten who demanded increased safety for players, eligibility, understanding, etc. That included a 10.30 p.m. Eastern Zoom call last night Ooh. to have that discussion. I would love to be a fly on the Zoom wall of that company. Hopefully they had the password on, you know. <laughs> and uh, professional sports are still happening. In fact, one month from today, the NFL season is set to open. Yesterday on the PGA Tour, honorary Cougar Tony Finau finishing tied for fourth at 10 under for the tournament at the PGA Championship. He has now finished in the top five in all four of golf's majors over his budding career. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. To play or not to play is the question today. College football is at an impasse. Jerem, is a season going to happen in 2020? <sighs> it feels like no. We've been asking this question for a while now. And in March, we thought that there would be time for the virus to die down or a vaccine to perhaps be created. Uh, those te- things take a lot of time to figure out, right? If the Big Ten cancels, this is a massive domino. It's one f- thing for the MAC to cancel and BYU scheduled to lose another game, which, let's be honest, the schedule's blown up except for the ones that are confirmed. We'll tell you what those are in a second. But this, this is a hard thing because you'd think that the Pac-12 would follow suit. The Big Ten and Pac-12 seem to be like-minded in their aims right now relative to the season, conference-only, player upheaval. Um, and hopefully we play, man, because there's the argument of, okay, if, and I've said, if it's really about health, let's not play at all. But there's also the argument that's had on the other side of, isn't it, Okay, it's dangerous for the players to play, and, and I, yeah. But is it more dangerous for them not to play? That's, that's an argument and a discussion point out there. Um, and I won't dive into, I guess, my opinion on that per se, but are they going I would to be like better to taken see them care of. play. Are they going to be better taken care of within the confines of an organized college football program than they would be if there were no football? Right. And is it just about the players who are playing? That's no. A, that's a question I would ask. Is it because they interact with staffers, administrators, and so on, right? So it's bigger than just the players themselves. But there's also the angle of players looking to potentially unionize. I mean, this could be the first domino. Granted, this is a movement that's been had for a while, but perhaps this is actually uh, something we look back on and go, oh, remember when COVID happened and they actually said, now wait a minute, and then they took steps to do that? It would... The players that I almost have to go out on strike, and you know when the perfect opportunity to do that is? Now, right now, if they really wanted now. to. Right now. So are they going to play or not? It seems like we're not going to play. I said on July 9th, almost a month ago, that I thought it wasn't crazy to think that we might not play. I don't want that to happen. I would like to see college football, but it's, it's somewhat hard to justify a little bit. If a college football season happens, then this is what I am envisioning that the SEC and ACC lead out. So those 28 programs will play. They'll figure out something. I don't know about the Big 12. They, they've they kind of remained quiet and uh, just on the fence a little bit for the past week or so. But the ACC and SEC with the likes of Trevor Lawrence, we're talking about a guy who is the Heisman Trophy frontrunner 
and was going to be probably the number one pick in the NFL draft had he not decided to go back to Clemson. No, no, he was a sophomore, so he couldn't even leave. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. If he were eligible, like yeah. he's right, right, he could. He, he if he, he was eligible, been, he, he, he would have been. been the number one pick. No doubt. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't need to play college football, Jerry. Well, Joe Burrow would have been one, but yeah. he doesn't need to play college football right now. Right. Like he could say, "I'm done. Right. I'm just going to get ready for the NFL draft," and nobody would bat an eye at that because they're like, "Oh, here's the number one pick for next year's NFL draft." We he totally, could have kept quiet. We totally get it. But he's out, he's out there saying, "I want to be a leader," and. I want to play college football. And I thought that spoke volumes last night. It was kind of like this crazy fourth quarter comeback last night because all Sunday, all we saw was, man, everything's shutting down. Big Ten's going to shut down. Pac-12 is going to shut down. This is going to lead to all Power Five conferences shutting down. College football's not going to happen in 2020. And then, boom, Trevor Lawrence starts this message. Justin Fields from Ohio State chimes in. Najee Harris running back from Alabama. All these it's guys saying, informal here. we want to play. We want to play. So then I was like, whoa, this is a crazy, this, this is crazy rhetoric here. Like, is this the comeback for college football? So if the season happens, Jerem, I think that at most we'll have three power five conferences playing. I don't see any way the Pac-12 and the Big Ten do anything right now. I mean, they're, it's too far down the road, I think, for them. Like, this, is, this is smart of the players because it's going to be the school's fault if we don't play. Because there was this idea that maybe it would be the players' fault if they didn't play because fans are going to be – uh, understandably upset if college football doesn't happen, but I, I think we all kind of get it, right? We're in a pandemic. Like, this happens once every, like, 100 years or 200 years. Like, this is crazy, right? But if the players say, no, 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 we want to play, and then it's canceled, it's like, well, we wanted to play. You called it. So it's a smart political move there, not to mention they want certain things. Kyle Griffiths, fullback uh, slash tight end on the team this morning, saying, hey, we don't belong to one of these conferences, but... I'm with this because it was a we want to play slash we are united yes. combined message, right? And Trevor Lawrence at first was on the we want to play. It sort of seemed like, well, I'm not with those guys. But then, but then they came together. And if anyone could unite college football, it's Trevor Lawrence of Clemson. Exactly. So it's a really interesting move. Let's also talk about this. How does this affect BYU? In theory, BYU could play a season if they want. This is a Power Five-only discussion right now. This yes. is not a Group of Five discussion and certainly not an independent And the discussion. American and Conference USA and Sun Belt are still moving forward. Mike Oresco joined us on Friday. He came out over the weekend and said, we're moving it forward. We're pushing it forward. He said it's trending in the right direction. We're planning on playing. I don't, I don't agree with it's trending in the right direction. How about this, But though? I want to play. Army and Middle Tennessee make a game announcement this morning. They're going to play to open up the season. I mean, so it's like who? Army and Middle Tennessee. Oh, Middle Tennessee. Yeah, gotcha. I thought you said Tennessee. I was so like, the military what? academies, Navy, is going to play BYU. At least it's on the so schedule. So Indy versus Conference USA. It, it, look, if that's what it has to be, that's what it has to be for college football to happen. But it's so different. And I hate, I hate to even bring it up, but based on the political map of America right now, the Big Ten yeah, and the I, Pac-12. I, yeah, I said it. Red-blue. Yeah, yes. Red-blue. Blue states are clearly not wanting the optics of, mm, we don't want the liability of this. We don't, we don't want to cause any problems. Well, We're backing there, out. There could be some serious financial okay. liability later. And the red states, <laughs> Big 12, ACC, SEC. No, nah, let's push forward and play college football. Yeah. It's just, it's, it is, I mean, it's not surprising based on how those states are set up, but it is. An interesting angle when you when you see if there's going to be college football or not. 
Because let's say the Big Ten, uh, you know, reportedly, if you're just tuning in, Big, Big Ten reportedly canceling football, they'll announce it tomorrow. By a vote of 12 to 2. And Dan Patrick saying the Pac-12 will do the same tomorrow. Therefore, what for BYU? It doesn't mean BYU football is done. It doesn't. Does it mean they probably won't have a season if things go this way? Yes. But BYU could still play Navy if they want to play. And the college, where's the college football playoff and all this, by the way? Where are they saying, yep, we're holding a championship board? No, we're not. They just sit there and, and they have the best job, man. They don't have to do anything Gotta but fall host into the our games. They don't, make, they don't make decisions on eligibility and scholarships. That's the NCAA. They just say, come to us, TV money, we'll host some games, we'll have some fun, we'll go there. You and I have the wrong job. We need to get on the college football <laughs> playoff committee. We need to be associated with that uh, and or bowl games. Oh, my gosh. So confirmed games that we know are on the schedule right now. Navy on September 7th. Utah State on October 2nd. We think Houston on the 16th, based on our conversation with Mike Resco about, is that date going to change? And the he American said, clearly he wants said, to play. He said the league won't change it, but the teams could. TBD against San Diego State based on the AD saying that. And then we don't know about the other two. I know we have Boise State up there. We hope it's still there. We don't know it is. North Alabama, we don't know it is. We hope it is. But So right now there are like four games on the schedule for sure. But we will hear more about maybe confirm that Boise State's still on the schedule. We expect it to be. There is not this unified voice in the Power 5 conferences of if the Big Ten and Pac-12 go – uh, yes. If they shut down, we're all shut down. That e- is not the case. Even if there was someone who governed them, it wouldn't work. There's so many competing entities and ideals among those. Yes. It's not like uh, you know, the NFL where literally there's revenue sharing and there's it will never happen. There will never be a central figure running those leagues. No way. It's not going to happen. The Hatfields and McCoys aren't gonna sync up. With somebody, right? And the Power Five, to some degree, they try and work together. Not really. The Big Ten was the first oh, to announce no. this, and now it was the first to announce that they were going to go conference only. And it was like, whoa! They've never and now, been together from the get-go on you this. You think Ohio State gives uh, about Alabama and Clemson and what they want to do? They are competing with them. You know what I mean? So this... This continues to play out where it's like, oh, gosh, I wish there was a central figure, but there never will be, and it will not work. No. It will not work. There's not this cohesion, like, let's come together and make a unified decision. No. There is a lack of leadership on so many levels across college football. It is a messed up machine. It needs some serious overhauling. And I don't see how it's going to get fixed anytime soon. How about this? From a U.S. senator... Ben Sassy of Nebraska, who is Sassy? a former school president. I like that. And I quote, we should not cancel the college football season. This is to all the Big Ten presidents and Big Ten chancellors. Life is about trade-offs. There are no guarantees that college football will be completely safe. That's absolutely true. It's always true. But the structure and discipline of football programs is very likely safer than what the lived experience of 18 to 20-year-olds will be if there isn't a season. He continues, as a former college president, I know many of you actually agree because I've heard multiple presidents say it when the cameras aren't rolling. Justin Fields, Ohio State, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, have made similar points persuasively. Canceling the fall season would mean closing down socially distanced, structured programs for these athletes. 
Young men will be pushed away from universities that are uniquely positioned to provide them with testing and health care. Here's the reality. Many of you think that football is safer than no football, but you also know that you will be blamed if there is football, mm-hmm. whereas you can duck any blame if you cancel football. Amen. He's spun on. This is a moment for leadership. These young men need a season. Please don't cancel college football, end quote. Now think about it. Nebraska is actually more of a Big 12 team than Big 10 team in terms of history, ideology, location, politics associated with that. Red State. They voted no. They were one of the two. And who was it? Iowa. Nebraska. And Nebraska. Red State. Look where they sit, right? <laughs> I just thought that was very well articulated. Like yes. A, a well-thought-out plea to the Big Ten presidents and chancellors of why there should be a season and what's going to happen to these guys, in his opinion, if there isn't a college football but season. But it's too late. They apparently have voted. And there's Ooh. that. And college football has been playing every – they've crowned a champ every year since 1871. Only one year since 1869. What in the world? Have they not crowned a champ? They even played during the World Wars. So if we don't have a season, this is unlike any other season in college football history. What if there is a season with partial conferences? And BYU goes 5-0. Can you crown and a national champion? the second natty! Asterisk. Oh, my God. 2020 season. Yes. Our question of the day. What is your reaction to reports that college football could potentially be canceled or postponed? I'm sure these are going to be happy responses. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Grizzfather Answers on Twitter. It will be a long, cold, dark, depressing fall winter without football and other fall sports. That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> you've Coming your, up on another your, compelling. You get your sweat, your sports sweatshirt on today. It's, you it, noticed. It, it, it captures the, the mood. Right? I, I only wear this when BYU loses. <laughs> this was a conscious decision. Coming up, what to make of all of this? ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us next. Who should make the decision on whether to play college football or not? He'll answer that question. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review, returns tomorrow. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, always on demand on the BYU TV app, 7 Eastern Time. The guys spotlight five key players for the season, including Peyton Wilgar, Camp Notes, and another interesting week, of course, in college football and what we hope will become a season. We'll hear from Peyton Wilgar later today on how he and the BYU football team are trying to manage all of this madness, the uncertainty of whether or not college football will happen. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is our pleasure to welcome in our friend, Trevor Maddich of ESPN, college football insider and expert, national Emmy champion. Emmy award winner. Yes, we're going to start this on a very positive note. You won an Emmy, Trevor. Congratulations, man. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. No, that's fun. That's uh, It's for analysis of the Washington football team. And uh, I went up for sports analysts. So that's, uh, that's a lot of fun. It'll, it'll look nice up on the shelf when I get it there. Right now. All the Emmys are actually in boxes in a closet. So we'll see where we put this one. All the Emmys. How many of you won now? I think it, I think this one's 16. Woo! I'll what? Count. 
Well yeah. deserved. Well deserved, wow. sir. We're just yeah, trying to get you. a regional Emmy, thank Trevor. You. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, you, you notice though they're not they're not up on a shelf behind me. They're in a closet, so you know. <laughs> okay, uh, Trevor. Energy is high now after the Emmy conversation, um, and we're going to do our best to keep it high because. We're not sure if college football is going to happen. What we're hearing this morning is that the Big Ten and Pac-12 are really far down the road and just moments essentially away from shutting down their conference seasons and all of fall sports. The SEC, the ACC apparently want to play. Big 12 we haven't heard a ton from uh, over the last week. What do you think is going to happen with the college football season. Will they play in some form or not? I think there's still a chance you'll see Power 5 college football, even though if the Big Ten does shut it down, as reported, and the Pac-12 follows suit. Now all eyes turn toward the Big 12, who have stated that they want to play a 12-game season. Now, you know, the, the week is young, and the last 24 hours have been pretty exciting when it comes to whether or not there'll be a Power 5 season. But the Big 12 has said they want to play. The ACC is all set up with Notre Dame as a member of their football conference for this year, which is exciting. And, of course, the SEC starts at the end of September, and they, are, they have stated that they're holding back. I think we lost Trevor for a moment, uh, so let, we'll get him back on the line. But what he's saying is what we were talking about earlier on, Jeremy, and that is there could be a Power 5 divide on the field, not just off the field, but on the field. This just tweeted by Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports. What about the Big 12? Sources told Stadium it would be, quote, hypothetically hard but not impossible, end quote, for Big 12 to play if Big 10, Pac-12, and others cancel fall seasons. Another Big 12 source, it would be really hard given what some of our medical directors are saying. It's just up in the air. And I applaud the attempt to play. Hopefully we can make it work. Uh, it, it went from, we're not going to play at all for me on July 9th to, well, we should at least try and start, but I don't think we'll finish, and let's just see what happens, to, oh, man, right now I'm like, it doesn't look good, right? Dan Patrick saying Pac-12 and Big Ten. Tomorrow we'll announce that they are not playing. Uh, a second source on that with the Detroit Free Press saying, no, they voted last night. The original report said, from someone said, uh, okay, okay, emergency meeting, and there was no vote. But today it's like, no, 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 there was a vote. And it was 12 to no within the playing Big Ten. the season within the Big Ten. Uh, TBD on the Pac-12, right? But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if they're not playing because what you read from the Nebraska senator was spot on in terms of there's no liability or blame if you just cancel the season. Yes. It's not about, okay, here, here's the thing. Which is a conservative we, approach. We all want to, to think like, oh, they're clearly doing it just for the players and their health concerns. No, they don't want the optics. They don't want to be in the drama. Sure. They just want to lay low and because it's the safe move. Right. And I understand we, that. Yeah, I understand We are it. in a pandemic, so it, can you blame someone for making a safe but move? lay low. I know there are those who feel like this is just like a cold or whatever, right? The point is that there's a lot of people sick, a lot of people have died. Whatever side of the fence you're on, like there's no clear-cut correct decision here. There's, I, if it was 100% about health, you wouldn't play at all. That would be the safe thing, which is what the Big Ten and the Pac-12 look like they're doing. Yet there's the argument like, oh, this would be better for the players. These universities can create a structure in which they're safer in doing this than they would be if they were just at home where who knows what happens, right? So it's, it's a, this is a really hard thing to do. If, 
it, a month ago I said I wouldn't be shocked if we didn't play. Here we are. It's like I'll I'll probably be very surprised if we play at all, right? Yet BYU can choose to still play. There's not an NCA governing. Well, there's not a governing body saying, um, you know, BYU you can't play. Although the NCA with fall sports could say no soccer, volleyball. We're assuming that if there's no football, there's no fall sports, right? Is that the way you feel? Sure. Like there won't be so- – and that, that is uh, still 11 – no later than 11 days from now, the NCAA will say whether they're going to hold fall sports championships. The WCC could say we're not playing. But you could still play some games if you wanted, but there's not a point if you're not playing for a conference title and an NCAA championship. So I wouldn't imagine that soccer and volleyball would play if the NCAA said no. It, but everyone's kind of waiting on football. It feels like to me that there are going to be some hard chargers – in Power Five or Group of Five conferences, commissioners, school presidents, athletic directors that want to play no matter what. And it's, and it's easy to say after the fact, right? But you got to vote. You got to vote yes if you want to play. Now, I, I incorrectly said Iowa and Nebraska said no. They said yes. Oh, yeah. No, Iowa and they Nebraska were the two that play. wanted to play. Red yeah. States, yeah. we want to play. Not surprising. Not surprising. Okay. Trevor Maddich is back with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, your answer was so good um, that it uh, heated up the wire and cut us off. So let's get back to that. Um, When you look at the Power Five conferences, you were saying that you think the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12, we could see some form of that. What about the group of five conferences like the American and the Mountain West? Do Do you think they're on board from what you're hearing in your circles? I think they could be on board. The financial ramifications of not playing football in the group of five are far less severe. They're still severe, but not as severe. And with the group of, or excuse me, with some conferences in the power five, if not all not playing football, that puts the group of five center stage in the fall college football window. And so there would be even more incentive for the group of five to showcase what they do. As long as they feel like they can keep their players safe. Then, then you have the player movement, right? So we have hashtag we are united. There are Big Ten and Pac-12 players saying we need certain things to want to play, right? And, and that's going beyond COVID as well, but that's certainly the instigator here. Then uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and others, Justin Fields of Ohio State and others, kind of leading this charge of we want to play united with we are united. What do you think of that movement from the players that who knows what that means for now and later with players in the NCAA? Yeah, I think that'll have long-term ramifications. And I think it'll start with just something as simple as players being covered for a longer time after their college playing career for orthopedic issues that may be related to football that would pop up later in life. Right now, there is some coverage of that for a little while, but and depending on what the injury was. But I think most people are in a place right now that if there is college football, And if a player does contract COVID-19 and it creates some sort of long-term organ damage, most people believe that the schools or the NCAA should take care of that subset of players long-term as long as they need to be taken care of. Well, even if none of that materializes with a canceled season, for example, I think the concept is now on the table and accepted that there should be more medical care for a longer time for players. And now we back away from organ damage that caused by COVID-19 to players that have a bad knee and they're limping around on it and they need a knee replacement 15 years later. And I think those kinds of things are now firmly on the table. And I think they've already been accepted. They just aren't talked about because of the severity of the potential of COVID-19 problems. 
Trevor, who should make the decision on whether the players play the game in 2020? You know, I think it should be the players and their parents. There are a lot of competing interests here. The university presidents take seriously their charge to take care of their students and their student athletes. The lawyers are telling them, hey, there's liability here. And even if players sign a waiver, it might not hold up in court. The accountants are telling them, look, the Power Five average school is going to lose, according to USA Today, $78 million this year if they don't play football. So the bean counters are in their ear on the other side. The medical experts are saying something else. There's all kinds of stuff. And by the way, the medical experts are not in agreement. So ultimately, I think it should come down to the players and their parents. Some will opt out. Some already have. Others will choose to play either for the love of the game or because of the opportunities that it might provide at the next level for a few of them. But some will want to play. And I think ultimately, because there are so many competing interests, the courageous choice by the university presidents would not be to cancel the season. The courageous choice would be to play the season. Because if you cancel the season, you won't be sued for liability by anybody. You just won't. If you play the season, then players have a chance to do the things that they want to do, the reasons for which they might choose to opt in. And then there's also some risk that some of the other problems will happen. So I think ultimately the choice morally, in my opinion, belongs to the players. I think from a practical standpoint, the choice belongs to the liability lawyers. Well said. Regarding the effect on BYU, in theory, if – the Big Ten and the Pac-12 say we're not going to play, and the other three Power Five say they're going to play, and everybody, the other four Group Fives but the Max say we're going to play. You already can have a season in theory, but do you think there will be a domino effect to where other leagues will say they don't want to play, or do you think this could be isolated to the MAC, the Big Ten, and potentially the Pac-12? I, I just don't know. I think the Big Ten is such a, an important bellwether for the rest of college football, and if the Pac-12 joins them, it'll be awfully hard now for other conferences, power five or a group of five to not follow suit. Because again, if something does happen, if there's an outbreak and if a couple of the guys have serious long-term ramifications, which is possible even in that age group, then the narrative will be that, look, the big 10, the PAC 12, they shut it down to avoid what you will just allow to happen. Right. And so I think that is another thing that's heaped on top of the good arguments reasonable arguments that the liability lawyers that are advising university presidents will be giving. Uh, at the same time, you know, I, I, I think baseball and what's happening there right now is, is a good omen for college football. You've got some teams that have had outbreaks, starting with the, uh, the Florida, uh, Miami Marlins. I don't know what they claim now is their city, the Miami Marlins. They're playing Fort Lauderdale, so we'll call them the Fort Lauderdale Marlins. Um, <laughs> They had a big outbreak, you know, half the team uh, at one point, maybe more now. Uh, Other teams, though, most teams don't have a positive test yet. And I think that could be an eye-opener for college football because one of the things that they would need to do in order to make it work, those who might choose to play, is make exceptions to certain rules like athletic dorms, which are not legal right now. You have to have at least 51% of a housing facility non-athletic, right? Well, now I think what they need to do is allow – an athletic dorm that's only athletes. So you can kind of make a mini bubble. Also allow athletes to, to go to class online only from their facilities and their academic facilities with tutors to help them with their classes that are tested just as much as the players are and allow that kind of sequestration that normally is against NCAA rules. And those are some of the things that if there is play that will have to happen. But I think that 
as some conferences may drop out, other conferences might say, okay, we want to play, and the players might be a little less likely to go to a party and cause an outbreak like happened at Louisville here recently, where 20-some, 30 or so student-athletes of different sports tested positive. It was all traced to somebody through a party. And so I think now we have so much real um, vision, so much reality that I think it, it actually is a good thing for those college teams who may choose to play because it makes it more likely that they'll be able to exclude the virus from their ecosystem. I wish this could happen. It's not going to. But isn't BYU set up with the perfect facility right next to campus, technically on campus, to house the athletes in a pseudo-bubble this season, Trevor? The Missionary Training Center? Yeah, yeah, BYU BYU is set up really well for that. Plus, there's a... The, the nature of the kind of player who chooses to experience their college life with the honor code, I think makes it less likely that there will be as many temptations for as many guys uh, that, you know, that could cause a problem where they would become patient zero. And so for BYU, since the most of the power five opportunities are gone now, really probably all of them, then it becomes a question of whether or not they can scare up enough competition in either the FCS or I don't know if the group of five will want to play an, a, an independent. Maybe they won't at this point. Certainly there are some other independents, but they're all located way far away for the most part. But BYU, I think, could cobble together a seven or eight game season. Um, part of the problem is the, the Big Sky Conference, which is the, the FCS conference that I think would provide most of those teams, or at least many of them, uh, that BYU could play in, in their region. Uh, looks like they're shut down. So it's a matter of, of whether or not they can get enough opponents. I would like to see BYU play in part because I think the guys deserve to and in part because I have full faith that they will have the discipline to make sure that if the virus does get into their complex, it is not because somebody was stupid. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, I read a statement from a Nebraska senator earlier in the show, and I want to read a very short part of that and then get your reaction to it. In part, he says, canceling the fall season would mean closing down socially distanced, structured programs for these athletes. Young men will be pushed away from universities that are uniquely positioned to provide them with testing and health care. Trevor, is it better or worse for college football players to uh, not have a season or have a season? Like, are Are they better off not playing football or would they be more safe playing football? Well, it depends on the true nature of the threat of this virus. If it were Ebola or hepatitis, no, don't play, don't play. But a lot of doctors uh, have stated, a lot of studies have shown that the threat is kind of minimal in terms of the actual ramifications of testing positive for this disease for healthy players in their age group. Now, for the ones that struggle with that, that aren't in that most of, it's a real problem. I mean, there's a, there's a, offensive lineman at the University of Indiana whose mother says that he has got heart damage now, heart issues that will be ongoing because he had coronavirus. Now, I'm not sure if that's true, but that is very scary. And so I think that if you, it depends on, so it depends on the, the, the ramifications of the virus itself. But I will say this, and this is important for people to know, that college football programs are by and large one of the best things that young men can be involved with because they provide structure, they provide 
accountability. They provide character-driven curriculums, curricula, I guess, that are really important for the development of young men, especially young men that don't come from uh, a home that has a father in it. You know, I came from a home with uh, a divorced mother of four. And college football was this amazing structure for me, and, and I loved it. There are so many unguided missiles among college-age young men. But college football coaches create programs where they bring in, for example, speakers, where women who have been abused will come in and tell their story to a group of 100 college football players in their meeting room. And all of a sudden, what those college football players do, because they think it's fun to women, they will find that it's real. They will look a true victim in the eye and hear her story and change their view and their perspective of how their behavior affects other people. Now, for some, it goes in one year, not the other, but for many, it will change their life and they will become leaders to help change other people's lives. That is just one example of the good that college football does because of their structure and because of their character building specifics that will not be available if campuses are shut down, college football is shut down, and everybody disperses to where they came from. So one thing is the social distancing, right? But another thing is the character development and the accountability of your friends, your leaders in the locker room, and your coaches. And that is such a positive thing. And whether or not avoiding COVID makes it worth it to get rid of all that for a season uh, is a different question. That's a medical expert question, I think. But from a standpoint of what they lose if they're not there, is immense. Trevor, it's great to have you with us, and uh, that's probably uh, a huge understatement. We appreciate you being part of BYU Sports Station uh, for your knowledge and your insight. And uh, and you're an Emmy Award winner like 16 times, winner. so that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It's great to talk to you, Trevor. Thank you. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Brings up some great points. If it's left up to the liability lawyers, then we ain't playing, man. We ain't playing. By the way, uh, Paul Peterson, head coach of the Dixie uh, football team. The Trailblazers. It was an FCS independent team. Trailblazers, thank you. Shouldn't forget that one, right? Uh, Dixie State, practice this morning if anyone's wondering. And he said last week, we will play anyone. Literally well, anyone. Well, they're an FCS independent. So yes, yes. We know what that's like. Coming up, four weeks from BYU and Navy, question mark. A Jim McMahon doc and a Brandon Davies scorpion dunk. That's true. Four weeks from today, that game's supposed to happen. Holy cow. Oh, yeah, we have the best to wear it as well as we creep into the pass catchers, Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. For Cougar Sports game highlights, interviews, and archive content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. It's time to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Jeremy, we are hearing several reports that the Big Ten is set to cancel the season by a vote of 12 to 2 of the 14 schools. Do you expect more Power Five movement uh, to do this today, to follow suit of the Big Ten? Today, no. Perhaps tomorrow. Those are the reports of the Pac 12, but uh, who knows? But the, undoubtedly, the Pac 12 will be the next conference to make a decision. What do you think? Uh, if there's going to be movement, it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah. I, in fact, the Big Ten will probably go official tomorrow. And then after that, we'll see what happens at the Pac-12 call. But I just don't see any way that the Pac-12 doesn't join the Big Ten based on everything that has been leaked out. AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco joined the program Friday. 
uh, says the following over the weekend. We think we can move forward one step at a time. We think it's early August. We think that the trends are moving in the right direction. Are the trends moving in the right direction? (laughs) That's that's a tough question to answer. Uh, Depends on the medical expert that you're talking to and the state government that you're talking to as well. In Utah, sure. Trends are moving in the right direction. His Case league's is spread out down. over Exactly. He's in New England. He's got teams in Florida. You now, I mean? he's one of the hard chargers that I referenced earlier saying, right. like, they're going to play anyway. They're going to play. Like, they, they, I think they will find a way to play whoever is willing to play the game and just push forward. Um, I don't know that things are moving in the right direction. They're not moving in the right direction. <laughs> I love Mike, but they're not. I appreciate the fact that they're trying to play. I get it. But I you know. I mean, I I expect the American to be the last conference to go if it comes to that. Well, they are the American. Right? All right, Jerem. Uh, unionizing in college football is apparently becoming a thing. Do you expect players to actually pull this off and unionize for something better? Not right now. I think perhaps later this could be a domino that falls in that direction. But right now there's way too much going on. And it's August. Like, they, what are they going to pull out of the season? They just did a thing where they want to play. So maybe down the line, but not right now. Too, too little time to try and clarify everything that they are requesting. Uh, and they're asking for the moon, which they should. That'd have to be in January. They yeah, have eight months it, for it would have to be. Yeah, it's going to take a while. It'll take years for them. <laughs> If, yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's the reality of it. It's just so complicated. Uh, no, unionizing, not going to happen anytime soon. We're four weeks away from BYU at Navy, scheduled at least. Are we actually going to play this game? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope. I hope with, yeah. all, with every fiber of my being. Thanks, old handbook. I hope that this game is played. I can't believe it's four weeks from today. It just feels so soon. But because it's a military academy and they put this together in 24 hours and BYU is independent, sure. Like, this game might happen. Play it anyway. This guy, this game might happen even if no other games happen. It might be the only game BYU plays. I, Who knows? So I'm leaning towards, like, more of a yes just based on the unique situation of both of these programs. Alright. A Jim McMahon documentary has been announced, Jerem. It's called Mad Mac. The memory of Jim McMahon. What do you hope to learn from this? Uh, nothing. I feel like we know Jim, but I'm excited to learn more about what what he really... He's, he's been pretty outspoken. He does love BYU, but obviously there's been some comments over the years that have been interesting. I'm just excited for people that don't know that Jim McMahon was a BYU quarterback to know that he was a BYU quarterback. I think most people do from that generation. Uh, Brandon Davies tweeted about the, the real scorpion dunk. Uh, what What is the real scorpion dunk? What is this? I have no idea. I can't even really tell what he's doing. He's bringing his <laughs> wrist back and then twisting. That's the real scorpion dunk? Is his wrist broken? I don't... I, my eyes are broken. I don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, now for the best to wear it. Brandon at number zero was uh, the best to wear it, right? We started with Brandon Davis. There you go. And we are all the way up to number 81 today. As we close this thing out, Jerem, who is the best to wear it at number 81? Marion Probert is the best to wear it. Defensive end in the 50s, 1977 BYU Hall of Famer. BYU's first four-time letterman. How about that? Three-time All-Conference, All-American, honorable mention in 54. Tragically passed away in a plane crash on the way to Albuquerque to watch a BYU-New Mexico game. BYU retired his jersey number 
of 81. There are only a handful of jerseys that are retired, so that was a significant honor. BYU won that game 42-8, giving the Cougars their first ever conference championship. That was a notable, tragic day in BYU sure, history. Yeah. Now, I, I'm intrigued that uh, the numbers 80 and 81 have been defensive players, Jerem. McKelly, Aaron not, Mia, not, uh, 80, not, what, like not receivers, receivers pass catchers, yeah. and Marion Prober. Pretty cool. Pretty okay. cool. Coming up, are we playing more reaction ahead? BYU sophomore linebacker Peyton Wilgar on how BYU is trying to stay even keel amidst all this. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Utah College League Baseball is on BYU Radio, BYUcougars.com. Tune in tonight, 10 Eastern time on BYUcougars.com and the app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. I recently spoke with BYU sophomore linebacker Peyton Wilgar, socially distanced over Zoom about how BYU football is trying to prepare for a potential season. We're going to hold that interview for tomorrow or later in the week and uh, get into how the Cougars are trying to manage all this. Uh, But that for another day. In the meantime, Jerem, there is a daily routine that has been happening with Gennaro Guilford and Preston Hadley, the BYU secondary coaches, we call it simply coaches on bikes. You know, I t- I just I couldn't help but think of a a rule that we have in the in the secondary. It's called the rule of one percent. You know, we we try to get better out here every day, but you see. You, you need to just focus on getting better 1% at a time. You know, a DB, focus on keeping your eyes in the right place or not taking a bucket step or keeping your feet in the cylinder or we can expand this. If you trying to make lifestyle changes, just stop drinking soda. Instead of drinking five cans of soda a day, it's delicious, he said. Instead of drinking five cans of soda a day, Drink four or just 1% at a time. And when you look back after 50 days, you've improved yourself 50%. A little something to chew on. Uh, yeah, a, a little something to chew on or a little something to drink, right? Yeah. Or not drink. Five, five a day feels That's a lot. Feels like a I'm lot. I'm going to take that advice from you, Preston. And uh, I'm going to cut back one can per day. I'm going to add one can. I'm going to get 1% better <laughs> at drinking soda. <laughs> Coming up, today's rising shout-out. Someone has their own BYU Field of Dreams. In the world, plus a voice of the nation, elite. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation continues with this daily reminder. The show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Or download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, what is your reaction to reports that college football could potentially be canceled or postponed? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Cosmo underscore duh underscore Cougar answers on Twitter. I'm not calling it canceled so much as it, so much as it decided to serve a mission and is probably going to do a lot of good somewhere. It hurts less that way. Hashtag BYUSN. <sighs> if only that was true. Hey, Sean Callahan, who runs the Rivals Nebraska site, says the following from a Big Ten AD. I'm not saying we don't end up there, but we're not there yet. No vote, and it's not 12-2. That was in regards to the report 
that's gone viral this morning. As for the 12-2, I was told that had to do with a medical call with the Big Ten office in each school. Only Nebraska and Iowa's medical officials said they were currently comfortable with playing uh, with everything at this time. So perhaps conflicting reports, right, based on this. Although Dan Patrick was the second source on, no, 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 they're going to cancel and it's going to be announced tomorrow. That coincided with the Detroit Free Press conversation. Detroit Free Press, of course, covering Michigan and Michigan State. So that's interesting. Then Bruce Feldman throwing out an idea. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, Bruce Feldman is saying, like, regarding the idea that Nebraska, Iowa, Ohio State, and Michigan are going to defect to the Big 12 to play football this season. Oh, they People were think that's they were asked like schools were asked about this and the schools uniformly replied oh that would be news to us okay yeah, so that's no. that's not happening however Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh did say this I'm not advocating for football this fall because of my passion or our players' desire to play but because of the facts accumulated over the last eight weeks since our players returned to campus on June 13th they feel like they can manage this thing and get it. I at least keep it somewhat under control because they've had the players back for a while. Yeah, interesting. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts. Actor at Dr. Johnson DDS tweeted pictures of his home football field. This thing's legit, to which Tom Homo replied, Hey, at Tom Homo, we've got a neutral site venue available down here in Arizona if you can find somebody to play. Look at that field, dude. It's all green and ready to harvest. And Tom said, a BYU field of dreams. Yeah, that looks really cool, man. Uh that's a lot of work on Saturdays to keep that thing uh, pristine. And in Arizona, for that to stay that green, that's a lot of what's the water bill? This has got to be northern Arizona, right? <laughs> yeah, it can't, that can't be down in the valley. That's, that's got to be like Flagstaff, right? <laughs> yes, where it's a little cooler and your boy Rory Linkletter's hanging out. That's a good place to run. Yeah, that's Elevation, he, yeah. cooler temps, but still in Arizona. All right, our thanks to today's guest, ESPN. Uh, college football insider Trevor Maddox and an, another Emmy to his name. 16 of those? 16. Man. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. You've never won an Emmy. Neither have I, though. You won a Super Bowl. <laughs> I won an intramural championship a couple times. That's cool. <laughs> For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to our guy Ron Salise. We'll see you tomorrow Ron on the Sports Station. Go Cougs. Drop step for a layup.